Congratulations. Victoria's housing market has rebounded strongly this year. Hammers were falling once again. Buy numbers per option are actually up on last year. Rates caught on hold again at 0.25%. National house prices were still rising. A man's home is his castle and today it goes under the hammer. Welcome to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you. Call them today on 1300 664 715. Yes, and welcome to another episode of Under the Hammer. My name is Jane Neal. Great to be with you. Thanks to Direct Connect. You know the deal. They make moving easy and they can help your business out, especially if you're an agent or a property manager interested in using Direct Connect. Talk to the team. Head to their website, directconnect.com.au, or you can call them on 1300 664 715. I am joined by Stavros Ambazidis, who is a co-director at O'Brien Real Estate, one of the best auctioneers in the country, one of the most in-demand auctioneers because he has nailed the whole virtual online auction thing during nearly two years of lockdown. We have a special guest today that we'll introduce in just a moment, but we need to send a shout out firstly, Stav, to uh, Scotty from Surrey Hills. <laughs> Scott Bremner from REA was our guest last time on the podcast, a mad, mad keen supporter of the Melbourne Football Club who was not even going to watch the grand final, the <laughs> AFL grand final with his family because he was going to be too uptight and tense. Scotty, congratulations on the win and we hope you enjoyed that wonderful and historic occasion. <laughs> yeah, it was euphoric according to Scotty. I spoke to Scotty this morning and uh, do you believe, Jane, even though it was a 74-point win, he was nervous till the <laughs> end? <laughs> I can believe that because it can turn on a dime, the old game of football. So, uh, look, to everyone who enjoyed that little moment, there are a lot of people in the real real estate industry who are sports mad, so it was wonderful to get a bit of that enthusiasm from Scotty, wasn't it? Oh, it was great. And uh, and congratulations to the Panthers as well. So for the NRL Grand Final. So that, that was uh, really good too. Uh, not a code that I follow or enjoy, mm. but I will say, yes, well done. And it's kind of uh, that time of the year now where we can stop thinking about sport and Grand Finals and actually start thinking about real estate 100%. Stav, have you been busy? It's been uh, quite busy. So it's the spring market, uh, usually straight after the Grand Final, the AFL Grand Final, we get into the auction season. Um, but it's a little bit different this year. I've been doing auctions on Tuesday nights, Sundays, Saturdays. Uh, on Saturday, uh, it was quite funny. I did an auction in... I was in Chelsea myself in my studio in Chelsea. The auction was in Cowes in Phillip Island. My penciler, who actually pencils and records all the bids, was in Oakley South. And our buyers were all over Australia, from Sydney, <laughs> Queensland, and the property uh, sold for almost 400000 over reserve. But Ooh. it's funny how uh, auctions have actually changed. That's incredible, isn't it? If you'd said two years ago that that would be the spread of people involved in an auction, no one would have believed you. Well, uh, great to introduce our guest today. Lloyd Edge is the director of Oz Property Professionals. I noticed a little media release come through my email about Good Neighbour Day, which was a couple of weeks ago. So I wanted to have Lloyd on the show and chat. Lloyd's a buyer's advocate and also a property strategist. We are going to get into a little bit of the you know sort of financial and investment side of things. So just a reminder that we are talking generally. We are not giving any financial advice. That is up to the professionals. But Lloyd, uh, welcome to you and great to have you on Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Thanks for joining us from Sydney. Hi, Jane. Hi, Stav. Really good to be with you and I'm very happy to be uh, t- talking to you both today. 
Now, Lloyd, uh, just before, you know, it's the obligatory thing we have to do now. How are you surviving lockdown and how's the family and the business going? I know that you have been very, very busy, but we love that sort of contrast between Sydney and Melbourne. Are you seeing that glimmer of hope that things are starting to ease a little in your lockdown world? Well, I think we are seeing the, the glimmer of hope today. Um, we've got the lowest case numbers, which is probably a little bit different to what you guys are doing at the moment, but our case numbers are going down by the day, uh, which is good. We're, we're about to you know, ease some restrictions and so-called freedom days coming up, so that's all good. Um, you know, family and everything's been, been pretty good. I've got a couple of young young kids at home, but they're too young for homeschooling, so that's been a bit of a blessing in disguise with our toddler being in, in daycare and everything. Um, from a business perspective, and I can certainly go at, um, concur with what uh, Stafford was saying, is that you know, markets have been very, very strong, and you know I've been participating in some um, online auctions lately for clients, and um, it's it's quite amazing what's going on with the with the markets. And uh, yeah, we've been busier than ever um, as as buyers advocates. And how do you find that experience? Interesting to talk to someone who's on the other side of the camera to say someone like Stav, who's actually doing those online auctions. Did it take a while to get used to? Did it take a while to get people that you were representing, you know, get their head around this whole concept of doing an online auction and not actually standing out on the front pavement? What's that been like? Yeah, I mean, it took a little bit of a, um, a while to sort of get, get them used to that idea, but it's all about explaining that to them. And um, I find, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a delay when, you, when you're putting your bid over online and you might be on the phone to the to a real estate agent representing you and everything like that, and then you put the, the bid to them and then they put, put the bid to the auctioneer. And then by the time that comes through, the bid's already gone past that, so you've got to do another bid and things. So there's there's a few little things like that that are a little bit um, a little bit quirky, a little bit different to actually being there and just being the person that just puts your bid straight away and everything. Quite interesting, um, yeah, to be there and to watch, and, and I can just sit in the comfort of my office and do that, um, you know, rather than go out there uh, and be on site. Of course, I'd much prefer to be on site and do the auctions, of course. Look, to give a, a great understanding, because we've got people listening here, uh, Lloyd, from all over Australia, the market in Sydney and the way uh, the restrictions work in Sydney, so you can't go to to site to, to view the auction or the private inspection. Here in, in Victoria, we were total lockdown, so we couldn't even do private inspections. We couldn't take photos on properties. We had to get the vendors to take the photos. Uh, I believe Sydney was a little bit different uh, on their restrictions, so you were a little bit uh, less uh, restricted than uh, what Victoria was. Yeah, that's right. So uh, you could go and have a private inspection of the property, but you could only have sort of one person through, um, you know, plus the plus the agent. Uh, and what would actually then happen is that maybe if there was two people that would walk through the property um, with pr- um, appropriate social distancing me- measures and, and protective gear and stuff like that, masks and things like that, the agent would sort of stand outside uh, and things like that. So if I, if I was representing a client, I wouldn't be able to show them through the property. I'd actually stand outside and they'd have to view the property. So it's, those sort of things are a little bit different. Um, but certainly, yeah, not quite the same restrictions as what you had in Melbourne where you couldn't really do any of that at all. And that, did that apply for the whole of Sydney and the whole of New South Wales or just in certain um, LGAs? Yeah, so not the whole of New South Wales, but it applied for Greater Sydney. Uh, now, Greater Sydney was basically Wollongong, Shell Harbour regions and up to the Newcastle um, and Hunter Central Coast regions. Uh, and that, that started to um, ease a little bit now as well. 
And have you found that that desire for people to invest in property, I mean, I've done it, you know, did a sale and bought a place during COVID and really so glad that I have done that and looks to be a good financial investment. Have you seen that appetite as someone who is involved in property strategy that people have sat back and gone, well, the whole world's going mad. There's not much certainty, but the real estate industry seems to be holding and exploding in many, many parts of the country. Has that desire to actually invest really peaked for you? It absolutely has actually, Jane. Um, When the pandemic first happened, there was a lot of economists some of the bank CEOs coming out and talking about potential price collapses in the market of 30 to 40%. That never actually happened. Uh, And it's actually been the opposite of that. So what people are now realising is that it's a very resilient market. And, you know, you can sort of put your money into the markets and and it's much safer than what people thought. But there's a lot of other things that have coupled with that. Um, You know, there's been, uh, you know, borders have been closed, uh, both internationally and even state borders. So people haven't been able to go on on holidays, for example. So people had a bit of savings. They've been actually decided to maybe reevaluate their lives and put a little bit of that into property investment or even just buy, you know, buy a home that they might have been delaying for a little while. Uh, there have been people that have been moving out of some of the capital cities and moving to regional centres where they're getting a, a cheaper property. Of course, those properties are not as cheap now as they were because there's been so much um, price growth. But there's been a lot of that happening. Of course, there's the uh, the government incentives, first home buyer uh, grants, the you know lowest ever uh, interest rates we've had, all those. It's just like a, a massive tsunami has all come at uh, once. And of course, couple of that with a massive lack of stock on the markets and this strong buyer interest is just keeping these prices, uh, you know, booming more than you know, it's probably the most active market in, in 30 years. And I've been in real estate for 20 years and this is, um, you know, I've never seen it quite like this before. No, you're spot on there, Lloyd. Uh, what we call it in the real estate um, world is it became the perfect storm. Uh, the the government actually got on the front foot and did incentify. You know, it put a lot of um, first home owners grants, a lot of uh, incentives there, because they were scared that it was actually going to collapse. Uh, but fueled by people not being able to go anywhere. The internal migration, I don't know if you've seen that in Sydney, but in Melbourne we've seen a huge internal migration from the CBD, people moving out. And we've invested heavily into regional uh, Victoria because people are realising they can work from anywhere uh, and they're getting a lifestyle. They're getting, uh, and we're going to touch on this shortly, uh, moving out into the country, you get better neighbours apparently uh, and um, you get more people looking after you. Uh, You get to know your local butcher, your local uh, milk bar and so on and so on, but um, it did become the perfect storm. I'm quite interested to understand, you know, you can't be all things to all people. Uh, and being a property strategist, how does it work for you? Do you have a, a consulting meeting to start with, try and understand um, what their needs are, not what their wants are? Because one thing about buyers, uh, they don't realise this, but they don't actually know what they want. You need to read between the lines to be able to assist them professionally to, to get to them in the right direction because what they wish for doesn't always um, isn't always reality. Do you find that? And, and how does it work with you and your, your buyer strategy? What are your pillars? Well, that's exactly right. So when people come to me, they pretty much don't know what they want uh, and they don't know what sort of property. Uh, sometimes they don't even know why they want to buy a property. They just heard that property is a good thing to buy. Uh, sometimes it's like, should I buy a home? Should I buy an investment? So I actually ask people, you know, what are your goals? What are you trying to achieve 10, 15 years time down the track? Uh, and that's when that might get people thinking. 
you know, do it, are they looking to have some kind of um, financial freedom? Uh, maybe they want to be able to retire from some work. Maybe they've got uh, some kids that want to put through private education or they want to pay for some um, family holidays and things and whether they might need some investments to assist with that. So all those sort of goals we sort of put into place and then discuss strategies on how they might be able to achieve that in consultation, obviously, with financial advisors and mortgage brokers because, you know, you can't do anything, as you know, without getting your financing place it's like how much can i borrow it's just like you know a lot of people do come along with champagne taste but only have milk money <laughs> so you know they might want to buy this this two million dollar property somewhere and uh you know when they find out from the broker they can only buy five hundred thousand dollars what can they do the thing is that they can actually do a lot but they just can't buy buy it in the area that they want so that's where we need to then really um maybe bring them back down to earth and say this is what you actually can do um quite often people might want to be buying a like their dream home in a suburb in you know Sydney or Melbourne or Brisbane or wherever that they can't afford really to buy in, so we then set an investment strategy and say, hey, you can still get onto the um, the property ladder, uh, but we can get you a good uh, growth property, you uh, know, in, in a regional centre that's driven by a lot of infrastructure uh, where the government's spending money, where the population's uh, increasing, there's jobs growth, um, and lots of amenities, airports, hospitals, schools, um, all that kind of stuff, uh, and then uh, you know get them investing there, and and also you know those sort of areas often have you know much better cash flow, you know they might, might be able to get something that's neutral to positive cash flow, particularly if you get them something with dual income. That kind of thing really gets them thinking and think, okay, we can, they can actually get a, a bit of an income coming from property. And then we start setting up a, a strategy from there about how that can help them get into a, another investment and, and moving forward from there. And buying that dream home of theirs might become part of their strategy. It might be five five years down the track or something like that. And Stab, getting back to what you were saying a minute ago with moving out to some of those regional centres. The other thing also is that when people move to those areas, they can also get a you know a larger property that has maybe a study because if people are working from home, they can work from anywhere. Then buying a cheap unit in the city uh, is not really the thing to do anymore. They they can actually move out to those areas and have a larger you know a larger home, uh, a bit more space to bring up the kids and everything. So they are the things that we we ascertain and, and we get them to put that um, together in a what we call a big wish list. And, uh, and really, really work through their strategy from there. Our guest today is Lloyd Edge, Director of Oz Property Professionals. And I'm Jane Neal and I'm with Stavros Ambazidis. This is Under the Hammer, thanks to Direct Connect. They make moving easy. If you're an agent or a property manager interested in using Direct Connect, they can help out and save you a whole lot of time. Give them a call on 1300 664 715 or head to the website directconnect.com.au. Lloyd, I saw your name come through on a really sort of nice little media release about befriending your neighbours in lockdown. A good neighbour day has just been, and I don't know, it warmed my heart to see this focus on neighbourhood and on connections with your close neighbours, because I must admit, in my rental property that I'm just, you know, having left in Melbourne, felt pretty bad that I I knew one neighbour didn't know at least three of the other close neighbours. And I sort of saw this and thought, yeah, I'm probably a bad neighbour in some respects. I then promptly picked a bunch of flowers and delivered it to the neighbour on the other side who I do have a great relationship with. But do you think there's ever been a time that neighbours have been as important as they are now when perhaps they might be the only people that you stop at the letterbox to sort of chat with on a daily basis? Have we seen a real you know, appreciation of, of neighbours in this current situation? Well, we actually we actually have, and you know that um, 
42% of Australians are now closer with their neighbours than pre-pandemic, and 63% are happier speaking with their neighbours more often now than before as well. So people often obviously have come closer um, you know, as a result of that. Um, but what's really important with, with being in lockdown is just checking that people are OK, uh, you know, because it's been hard for people that are working from home and they've got kids um, you know, from home. And then, you know, they, you might have, uh, you know, a single person or an older person uh, and you need to check to make sure they're, they're okay and stuff like that. So that's why it's really important to, to, you know, to, to check in on your neighbours and to really care for them. And that, that sort of thing is really important. Yeah, look, I, I can empathise there, Jane. I've become a lot closer with my neighbours. Um, mind you, being Greek, uh, <laughs> on either side, I am my own neighbour. But apart from me, because I, I bought a house for each uh, each child, Lloyd, as you do, like my big fat Greek wedding, all next door to each other. But apart from that, I've become very close to uh, my neighbours and um, I did there's things I didn't realise about them and now we've become a lot closer. And... One thing I've found with our neighbourhood, there's a lot of older people that are too scared to venture out, and that's what's actually happened. Uh, with this pandemic, they're, they're more frightened of taking risks because uh, they're older. They haven't seen their children, grandchildren. They don't go down to the shops more. So I've got to say I can definitely empathise there. I've become a lot closer with uh, my neighbours. And um, talking uh, about Scotty from Surrey Hills, I was talking to him today, from Scott from REA, and we're just having a bit of a chat and he's getting some work done in his street at the moment. And he was saying how the pandemic's changed the whole neighbourhood. They can't park in their street for 12 weeks because of all the, the works that are being done. So a few of the neighbours uh, have suggested that have got bigger properties and bigger carports have suggested that they all park in each other's spots. So um, they're sharing uh, carports and garages down in Surrey Hills. So there's nothing like having a great neighbourhood. So I, I can definitely agree there. Absolutely. That's so important. And uh, I think that's something that we miss a lot um, being in the city. Uh, so I, I live in I live in Sydney in one of the southern suburbs, uh, which is a really nice area, have beautiful neighbours and everything. Uh, I used to live near the city and I've got to say we lived there for about seven years and we barely knew our neighbours. We made an effort to know our neighbours, but it was still just like, yeah, hello, how are you going kind of thing? And that was kind of it. Um, and, and I, you know, previously that had lived in other sort of areas uh, near the city in apartment blocks and stuff like that where you just don't really get to know people um, and you know coming from the country originally I um, you know was used to sort of knowing my neighbours and looking out for everybody so uh, that's why you know it's very dear to my heart that it's really you know that it's really important that people do get to to know the neighbours and look after the neighbours well and uh, and that's what I really try to encourage with people and, and certainly where we live now uh, you know I'm glad that we have a really good relationship with our neighbours and, and can keep those that dialogue and that communication open. And do you have any advice, um, Lloyd, for people who are wanting to invest in a new family home? I once bought a house and I literally went there three days in a row, sat on the curbside a little bit away from the house with the for sale sign on it. And I just watched the street because I wanted to see what the vibe was. I wanted to see who the people were that were living around me. Do you think that it's more important than ever for people to sort of get a, a grip on what a neighbourhood is like? And if you drive down a street and you see people out over the front fences chatting, you know, someone dropping off the lemons, which I'm sure Stav is part <laughs> of your, your uh, lifestyle as well, you know, are people looking out for that community and that sense of perhaps finding a place that they can really call home when they're looking to buy? 
Yeah, and it's funny you say that, Jane, because when I wrote my book, Positively Geared, I actually wrote um, a whole section about that, about how I do a bit of a reconnaissance mission when I'm buying a property. Um, and I Good, it wasn't just me being weird. Uh, because, you know, when, when you go and, and, you know, I've got very detailed due diligence when I'm going and buying properties, and, and that includes, uh, you know, once, once we've sort of covered all those other um, details that I mentioned earlier, then it's about looking at the property at different times of the day to see where, where the sun's coming in from and, and, and how noisy. The, the streets and the uh, everything is but then I also like to just sit outside the property the neighboring properties and across the road just to see if there's noisy neighbors uh, you know or to see if there's anyone you know going in drug lab next door or you know all, all these kind of things you know you, you, you're gonna buy a house right you want to um, make sure you're sort of aware of those sort of things so so I think that's really important to be comfortable with the neighborhood you're buying into so um, while all those things sort of sound like it's a a bit funny it's kind of like yeah look I, I think it's really important to to really get a feel of of you know of the area that you're buying into I, I know when my wife and I bought our um, our current house uh, you know I probably went to I went, probably went to four or five um, to, uh, you know probably went to a couple of open homes there and then made a couple of other private inspections with the agent uh, and then uh, you know I went to the local coffee shop and I, I just went around the neighborhood and met a few people and all sorts of things uh, you know before auction day uh, just just to make sure that you know this is where my wife she's just intent on buying the house but for me it's just like yeah, well I've got to make sure that you know we're going to be happy in the area as well. Well, Lloyd, I want to touch on uh, your property uh, strategist uh, side of the business. Now, I've got my pillars when I buy an investment property, and many people ask me, you know, what is it, Stav, when you're buying one? If it's an investment property purely for rental return, I like to look at a minimum three to two, you know, three bed, two bath, two car, and I personally try and avoid uh, body corporates. That's what I try and do, uh, and I find that works really well. And there's a lot of suburbs in in Melbourne that that works really well. Everyone's very, very different. But I'd like to know with you on return customers if you can give us a really good case study of uh, some of your return customers, and have you got one that you've sold one, two, three, or the fourth or fifth house? Um, give us a bit of a story uh, how they've benefited by your you know, your one, two, and three good points that you uh, help them with. You know what what are your pillars? Yeah, so my main pillars, um, there's three important things that I talk about when buying a property, um, and that is what I call the trifecta, and that is capital growth, instant equity, and cash flow. So capital growth is obviously in an area that's going to get that growth with all those fundamentals that we've been referring to. The uh, the cash flow uh, means that we you know we're going to get that uh, yeah that that good rental return. Now that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be positive because you're not always going to buy a positively geared property, especially if it's in a high growth area. Uh, but positive positive cash flow return could be something that might be a 4.5% return in a in a good regional area or, or maybe in an area like Brisbane as opposed to buying in Sydney where you'd be lucky to get 3% half the time. So it's about balancing that up. Uh, and then the instant equity is about what can we do with that property to add value to it? So that doesn't necessarily mean we're going to do that right away. But what I've had quite a, success, a bit of success with a lot of my clients is they'll, they'll buy, buy properties that might be the, the worst property in the best street. So it might be something that needs a bit of, a bit of TLC. Um, and they'll do a renovation on the property. And, and they'll bring that up to scratch. One of the um, reasons that they can then move forward to another property is by using the equity that they've got in that first property and moving forward to the next property. Now, uh, and, that, and that saves them also from just having to save up a deposit for the next property and the next property. So that's something that's worked very well with, with a number of clients. Um, other ways of you know, building up equity is, is maybe through a development. So some of my clients that are 
you know, been with me for a while. It might do um, you know, like a development, like a duplex or something like that as well. Uh, and, um, and that's also good for cash flow. But when you build a duplex and you subdivide it, then you've got, uh, you're creating that equity uh, moving forward. Uh, and then we also look at properties that you might be able to uh, put a granny flat on the, on the backyard for, uh, for additional cash flow and things like that. So they're the things that uh, allow you to be able to move forward to sort of build that portfolio but the the number one thing for me is is a good asset uh, so it has to be in a, a good area for growth so we're never you know we're never going to go to some mining town and um, and buy something that um, you know has is one horse um, sort of industry and uh, and has a 10% yield but it's very uh, very volatile so it has to have all those um, uh, you know industries all those pillars of growth uh, and things like that but I do like to look at those other things because it's all it's all well and good where we're in the current markets where you know every market's booming and you know everyone's getting growth in their properties but when things slow down uh, and you know, you're in a market that might just plateau or decline for a few years how can you add value to that property that's where you should have a property where you can actually you know do a renovation and add some value so you're actually controlling a bit of your own portfolio growth to allow yourself to move forward so that's part of mitigating that risk um, over the long term um, um, of your portfolio. Jane, that's great advice. Mm. I, I, I really enjoyed that, Lloyd, because you've you've actually nailed it. That was really good advice. Lloyd, do you think people are more courageous? Because I, I when you sort of say, oh, perhaps you could um, subdivide, duplex, kind of, I get like this sort of really anxious feeling when I think about all of the logistics involved. But then I do meet people, and especially in the eastern suburbs of, of Melbourne, where I've been for a few years prior to going to the country, you know, there was families going, oh, yeah, we've got this huge block. We're not down our house, we're building ours, and then we're going to have two other townhouses and blah, blah. It's like, oh, that just makes me anxious. But are you able to actually help people go through that whole process, hold their hand, get the right professionals um, involved so that it's not so daunting? Because to me, that is the kind of stuff that only serious property developers do. Yeah, well, that's right. So that, that is something that I help people um, from the beginning to the end with because it can be quite a daunting process. But when the biggest thing about if you if you want to develop something is is making sure you've got the right block of land to do so. So it's doing all that development um, due diligence up front. Like, are there any easements uh, or where are the easements, should I say? Um, is there a sewer line that's going to impact where uh, where you're wanting to, to build? Uh, you know, which way is the block sloping? If it's, if it's sloping from front to rear, you might need to build an easement in the neighbour's property uh, and stuff like that to run off the stormwater. That's really awkward, um, and a lot of people sort of miss that. So they, they might buy a block of land and then find it's going to be really difficult to get a, an approval on. So, uh, so you, you know, you're better off finding a block of land that slopes towards the road, for example. So they're the sort of due diligence that is really important. Uh, so you do need to um, either do a lot of research or get good advice. And, and you know, whether you're using a, a buyer's advocate or, you know, a, pr- a property advisor or just getting lots of all the right advice from town planners because uh, I mean even when I'm buying property uh, I cross check everything so I, I will get town planning advice architectural advice and and speak to builders uh, before I buy a block of land to make sure that you know if, I'm, if I wanted to build a set of townhouses on this block I know that I, I can do that so we're not going to have any problems with getting a DA approval later on so uh, that's that's really important and, and I think um, you know most people are probably pretty time poor and stuff like that and if you don't have the time to, to do the research for that then yeah getting getting a bit of help uh is is well worth it because at the end of the day if you're looking to make some money you just need to look at the feasibility and make sure that your uh you know all the numbers stack up for you essentially including all the costs now 
Jane gave us a disclaimer in the beginning that this isn't uh, financial advice, but one thing that you've actually got, you've got a partnership uh, that you work with other people uh, and you've got a team around you. So you've got a few feathers in your bow that you can um, get a, get around and help people. So who is that and uh, what does it involve? You've got a, a few other professions that you work with. Yeah, so I call them the dream team and, and that's what I, <laughs> I certainly mentioned in the, in the book anyway but because you do need a lot of, uh, professionals around you so you know sort of people you know come to me and I you know I, I don't know you know everything or anything like that so it's about um, I guess um, and, and part of that disclaimer also is that even if um, I do know the answer to certain things if it's a legal question like that's something that your solicitors should answer or if it's a financial question then I'd say refer to your financial advisor so even if I know the answer I won't answer those questions for the client because you know I'm not licensed to in those those aspects so that's why you need a good uh, team around you so so for me um, on a good team it should be uh, you know it should be your buyer's advocate should be a mortgage broker I, I suggest a mortgage broker over just going to the bank because a mortgage broker can look at your long-term goals remember a mortgage broker uh, and you know needs to work hand in hand with what you're trying to achieve. So a bank will just offer you what yeah their best best deal is in their eyes and the best interest rate. But if you're looking to build a portfolio, then you um, you really need to have someone who understands what you're trying to do. If you're just trying to buy one home, your primary residence, you know maybe if the bank gives you a good deal, that's okay. So again, it depends on your goals. But over the long term, yeah, mortgage broker, an accountant who understands uh, what you're trying to achieve, that is really important because a lot of accountants. Uh, accountants do push the, the the negative gearing side of things. Now, you don't want an accountant who's just going to pedal ne negative gearing or positive gearing. You need a, an accountant who's going to actually understand what you're trying to achieve because uh, sometimes an accountants will be, you know, I guess doing their job, which is trying to save you as much money in tax as, you can, as they can and get you uh, the lowest taxable income. But that can actually work against you, which is what people don't realise, is because when you go and get a loan to buy property, the bank might say, well, you don't earn enough. And you're thinking, but I've earned heaps. Yeah. But the uh, but the the accountants made it look like you haven't earned that much. So that's why you really need to you know sometimes you need to actually look at uh, you know how much you're actually earning and what you need to um, show on paper so that you actually get a decent loan. Um, so that's why the accountant needs to work in with that as well. Obviously having a solicitor on your side as well. And it might be handy to have a couple of solicitors because they need to be licensed in the state you're buying in. So, you know, someone licensed in Melbourne is not necessarily going to be licensed in Sydney. Uh, so, you know, having a couple of them on your team as well. So they're, they're the main people on your on your team. Uh, and then depending on what you're trying to achieve uh, as part of your overall strategy, you might need to have an architect, uh, a go-to town planner, uh, a building and pest inspection company. Though that that'll change um, each different suburb you buy in. But they're the sort of professionals that you need to have around you. Uh, and certainly, when when people come to me, uh, that's that I, I start with the um, putting a team around them, making sure they got that advice. Because even getting back to you know the accounting advice, you need to know. Uh, what sort of structure you should buy your property in. Is it right to buy in your own name? Should you be buying in a discretionary trust? Should you be buying in a company name? You know, what's the goal? That's the accountant's job to do to do that. So um, as a buyer's advocate, um, I'm certainly not just going to go and buy a property for someone, you know, the next day after they, you know, come to me because it's really about getting everything set up right in the first place, getting proper advice, understanding the long-term goals. And then once all that's good and you've got your, your pre-approval set up, then you know, then we're good to go with um, you know, with actually purchasing the property. So there's a there's a lot to go into um, at the start. 
<laughs> Sam and I are here just nodding, nodding, Lloyd, because you are making so much sense. And I think there's a lot in that. I'm going to listen back to this because... I've taken heaps of notes. Sam's <laughs> got three pages worth of notes. Uh, Lloyd, thank you so much for your time. And I guess the best thing for people to do now is probably, if, if this is all making so much sense like it is to us, your book is called Positively Geared, but you've also got a podcast series as well with a whole lot of these ideas. Uh, yeah, and the, and the podcast is called Positively Geared as well, so that's easy to remember. That's um, available on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, what's important to note about that is that I'm not de- trying to sell anything. So uh, it's it's about it's actually about just education. Yeah. Uh, to to you know to listen to stuff. So I do talk about the strategies and uh, and I do you know like I have guests on there. Uh, I do have um, a couple of mortgage brokers there. I've had an accountant on there just talking about some of the things that we've talked about. But they're because they're experts in that field that they, they talk about that in detail. Um, and then I've had I had some other. Um, high profile guests on there as well. I, I've had a few of the winners from Channel 9's The Block. So yep. if anybody's interested in that kind of stuff, I've had them on there. And uh, last episode, I had Janine Alice, who was the founder of Boost Juice. So there's been um, a few of those sort of, um, and they're just interesting chats, um, which deviate past just buying property, but just about, you know, life in general and, and you know, setting up setting up businesses and, you know, how to look after your kids through lockdown. Yeah, there's all sorts of conversations that we have because, you know, it's just podcasts are just good for conversation. Absolutely. And we've really enjoyed the conversation with you today. Uh, you can get all of those details about Lloyd's business and the podcast on the website, ozpropertyprofessionals.com.au. Thank you, Lloyd. It's been inspiring. I feel as someone who bought a house on FaceTime quick quickly scrambled to get all of the finance and just did everything completely backwards to what you've just outlined. I think I need to reset, think about the next 20 years, think about getting a dream team around me and then maybe taking that next step. <laughs> a trifecta of pillars as well. Oh, you love your little uh, catchphrase, I don't do, you, Sam? I do, I <laughs> do. But before we go, uh, Lloyd, um, I didn't want to say anything at the beginning, but it's Jane's birthday today. So happy birthday to Jane. She was shocked that I actually knew that. Thank she, you, Stav. So happy birthday, Jane. I uh, hope you have a great day. And the sun's out here in Victoria, so... Uh, hopefully you enjoy the rest of the day. And do you know what he's given me as a birthday present, Lloyd? The O'Brien Real Estate Monopoly game, which is actually <laughs> like tailored to his business area. So that's very exciting. Well, now I can be a enjoy. property uh, mogul <laughs> on the board. Good for lockdown. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us, Lloyd. Really interesting chat. Like I said, all of the details on the Oz Property Professionals uh, website. And we might need to get you back on in another few months mm. once all these lockdowns are over and I'm sure you are going to be very, very busy in the months to come. But thanks for your time on Under the Hammer. Pleasure, guys. Thanks so much. And that was Lloyd Edge, the director of Oz Property Professionals. All the links to Lloyd's business in the show notes to this episode. Stav, a little uh, stats wrap before we go. Yes. So Melbourne did beat uh, the Western Bulldogs in the grand final and Victoria beat New South Wales for the first time and then forever. Uh, Are we sales. talking COVID numbers or sales? No, I'm talking about <laughs> sales. So Victoria actually had a, a had a real huge spike increase from 1,200 sales last week to 2,000 sales this week. Oh. So it was a huge spike. Uh, New South Wales, 1,900 sales. Queensland, 1,400 sales. But um, that look, that's really attributed to the private uh, inspections that are now allowed here in Victoria. Um, and those statistics come from realestate.com. So across the country, there were over 6,800 sales. 
and Victoria's on the precipice of getting to 70,000 sales for the year. Wow. Yeah, so it's look, we're, we're hopefully going to see a really good spring market here in Victoria. I think it's going to be red hot to go all the way between now and Christmas, and then we'll probably take a break um, you know, into January. So, yeah, so well done, Victoria. And are you still advising people just, I think, what we you know said last uh, time with Scotty from REA, get it on the market? Yeah, don't hold back. Get it on the market. Get pro- We're allowed to do professional photos again, so get it on the market. Get your professional photos done uh, because there is a huge appetite out there. We are doing 300 private inspections just in my business on a Saturday. That is a lot of private inspections. Mm, Fantastic. Well, thank you for listening to Under the Hammer. And of course, we are here thanks to the support of Direct Connect. You can call them on 1300 664 715 to see how they can benefit you and your team, especially if you're an agent or a property manager. It is going to be busy, busy, busy in the next few months. So the more that you can do to uh, get your business in order, get Direct Connect to help out with some of those little annoying fiddly things that can take up a lot of time for your team, the better. So head to their website for all the details as well, directconnect.com.au. Thanks, Stav. Just, you know, pace yourself, pace yourself. I think it's going to be a bit bonkers in the next few weeks, but we'll talk to you soon. That's right. Thank you. Thank you, Jane, and happy birthday again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Under the Hammer for Direct Connect. Direct Connect is a free service making moving easy for you. Call them today on 1300 664 715. Shana Blaze here. Join me and my podcast, Homestyle. We provide the ideas and inspiration you need for your home, DIY design projects and expert advice. Red Energy's podcast lifestyle series, available from wherever you get your podcasts and the SEN app.